The Pat Kenny Show with MasterCard. Share an extraordinary experiences all over the world with priceless cities at priceless.com. This is News Talk. Now, although you may not have a dog yourself, research indicates that 40% of Irish households own a dog. So the chances of encountering a dog while you're visiting a relative or just out in the community, they're quite high. For the sake of human safety and animals integrating well into our lives, it's important uh, that all Irish adults and children know a little bit more about dog behaviour. And Pete, the vet, is here to explain. Pete, good morning. Good morning. Now, before we talk about that, we have not a shaggy dog story, but we have the completion of a dog story from last week. Yes, I'm really happy to hear this one. Um, last week, somebody texted, some, Rob from Westmeath um, sent in a message um, telling us that his Labrador had gone off to die. And he was asking me, is it true that the elderly dogs do just choose to go off to die somewhere? And I was saying, well, actually, there's not any evidence for that. And more often, dogs might be aware there's something um, not right inside them, and they might go away to find somewhere peaceful, but that doesn't mean that they're going off to die nicely, and that if a dog does wander off like that, and even a very elderly dog or a cat, you should do your very best to find them because they might well need your help. So, so Rob's Labrador, he thought, had shuffled off perhaps to die, mm-hmm. but no. No, and so what, what happened was they went looking for, for, for the Labrador after that, and after two days, um, they, they, found, they found her trapped in a deep ditch, uh, a stream kind of area, and unable to get out because she was elderly and not as mobile as she used to be. So they were able to rescue her and to bring her home, and she's now 100% back to normal Brilliant. again. So that's a happy happy a ending. happy ending there. Mm. Now, um, dog aggression. Um, there are people who are terribly scared of dogs, perhaps with some reason, perhaps with no reason. Uh, and most dogs are quite benign in the presence of humans. They are, after all, domesticated. Mm. But how do you know if it's not quite safe to be with a particular dog? Well, I think that the, the, the most important thing that people can do is to learn to understand dog dog language. And that means dog body language. Um, a very, very, very tiny minority of dogs are aggressive kind of randomly. That almost never happens. As a, as a vet, um, I see loads and loads of dogs pass my work, and the number of dogs that will, will actually just randomly uh, uh, um, try to bite you is absolutely minuscule. Almost, the, the, it's absolutely the complete exception. Nearly always, there's a very good reason why the dog is being aggressive, and uh, it's not that the dog is mean or nasty. That, that um, there's something going on with the dog, and so to avoid being bitten. Um, first of all, the risk of being bitten by dogs is very low. And to avoid being bitten, the best way to do that is not just to avoid dogs at all times. It's to understand dog language, understand dog body language. There's a thing called the Be Dogwise scheme. What's that? Mm. Um, dogs Trust, which is Ireland's largest dog charity now, um, they've launched Be Dogwise, which is an awareness week about responsible dog ownership. And what they do is they actually run two really successful programs, Be Dog Smart and Be Dog Confident. And these are designed to, to give really practical workshops to both parents and children. And those are the particular areas that we focus on, parents and children. 
because it's children being bitten by dogs, which are probably the, it's the biggest concern, the biggest risk. And the main reason for that is, is, is two things, actually. First of all, lack of supervision by adults. So adults just let young children wander around dogs, mm. which up to now may have been fine with children, but which they, they don't allow for the random nature of children and how children can just do things that frighten, frighten dogs or upset dogs. So first of all, um, teaching parents to supervise children better. But secondly, teaching parents and children to understand dog body language. Now, the emotions that uh, dogs might uh, have, uh, one is fear. And, uh, you know, we've all seen a dog cowering, sometimes Mm. in the face of a larger dog or a more aggressive dog. Um, What else will indicate fear? So I think, yes, we'd all recognise extreme fear in a dog. But it's, it's the more subtle fear that we might know about. And this would be even as simple as a dog stiffening up, straightening, straightening their body, looking a bit tense, flattening their ears back, their eyes being a bit wide, uh, um, and sometimes the tail just tucking down a little bit between their legs. And that can look very minor, but it can be very significant. And fear is a very, very common reason for dogs snapping, because basically, first of all, they try and back off, and when they can't back off anymore, when they feel cornered, then they may bite. So it's the flight or fight, and if they can't fly away from the situation, they will then fight, which is snapping. And and, um, in particular, with the child, it's a big risk. Now, what about anger? Where a dog, yes. So uh, again, this this can be linked. Anger can be linked to fear, um, uh, and and basically the main message there is that when a dog is angry, a dog will growl, and you should absolutely never ignore a growl. A growl is a warning from a dog, so that means you know showing the teeth, curling back the lip a little bit. Um, uh, you shouldn't try to control a growl by getting angry with the dog, by telling it no or all those kind of things. You calm the dog if you can. You, you basically remove the dog from the situation and you, you, you certainly remove all vulnerable people from the dog. Back off, back off, because the next thing from a growl is a bite. Now, what about when a dog is stressed and all sorts of things can stress a dog? Yes, um, and, and this is probably the, the most important one because people just don't realise the subtle signs of stress and stress then leads to fear, leads to anger. So um, inter- intervening when a dog is stressed is the best way to go. And the signs that people mightn't be aware of um, are, for example, um, a dog licking their lips when there's no food around. It's what they do when they're anxious, is they just lick their lips. And you, you'll see this sometimes with dogs at the vet, they'll just lick their lips more than usual. Also, panting, even if they're not overheated or, 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 or thirsty or, or having exercised, a dog just panting for no particular reason. And here's another one, yawning. Um, yawning uh, when, when they're not, it's not bedtime, just yawning in the middle of the day. That's often a sign that they're feeling, oh, a little bit, uneasy about something and and also just general um, restlessness if a dog's pacing a room moving up and down behaving in a way that it wouldn't normally behave these are all signs of stress and the situation you find yourself in with a dog who's fearful or angry or stressed is it to Take the dog out of the situation if you can. It, it is. So if your dog is trying to leave the room, then you let them leave the room. You don't insist they stay there. And don't let your child continue to engage with a dog that is showing signs of stress or fear or anger. Um, otherwise, you, you are going to get into trouble. But listen, there is quite a lot to this. And Dogs Trust is, is a really great charity at communicating. And it's, they're running these workshops. These are free workshops for parents, children, families. And they're running them over the summer months. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as 
as that, they've got some excellent um, full-colour printed guides full of tips. There's a Bee Dog Smart Guide I've got in my hand here, and it, it really explains everything very, very clearly. The best way to prevent dog bites is to educate parents and children. And so this summer, if you've got a dog in your life, or even if a child just occasionally meets a dog, make sure you get them well-educated. Very good. Okay, Pete, um, some of the questions coming in now. Uh, The black skin around my dog's mouth seems to be very hard and crusty and slightly folded over itself. Is this a cause of concern? It's very common that the the, the lips of a dog have got often pigmented skin that is a bit kind of folded up and looks a bit weird, but that's quite normal. If it gets hard and scabby, that's not normal. And there's lots of causes that can, it can be as simple as food irritating that area. I would start off by cleaning that twice a day with some moist cotton wool. And if it's carries on being hard, and if it, especially if it looks cracked, then you should go to your vet for some treatment for that. Can you please ask Pete why my 17-year-old cat only sucks the juice from her wet food and throws the rest around the floor? She refuses to eat dry food. It doesn't matter which flavour or brand of wet food. She's uh, happy with the wet food but only sucks it. Uh, always begging for food, though, so she's clearly hungry. Well, the first thing I think about when I read that is um, the cat may well have a sore mouth. Um, mm. Cats are are very prone to suffering from dental decay, from teeth that um, are, are very painful when food comes into contact with them. And so that means that if, if she's got a sore mouth, she'll feel hunger, but she'll feel, but it hurts to eat, so she won't eat. Um, uh, whereas when she licks fluids, she's able to swallow that quite well because it's not coming into contact with her teeth. So really... So what would you do? Liquidize some No, you, No, her? you need to get that cat's mouth checked by a vet. They need to examine the cat's mouth and see are there painful teeth. And if there are painful teeth, then despite the cat's age, those teeth need to be extracted. Otherwise, the cat's going to get into trouble with, with not eating enough food to survive. My Westie had TPLO surgery just over two weeks ago. She's recovering well, but still won't put any weight on the leg. It doesn't seem sore to the touch, and I can move her leg up and down without her showing any signs of pain. Any recommendation to try to get her to start using the leg? Okay, well, TPL surgery is one of the techniques that's used to repair ruptured cruciates in the back leg, in the knee of, 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 of dogs. It's a very common problem that we see these days. And it's very effective surgery. But it, it, like, like all orthopaedic-type surgery, it's not just a case of doing the operation and off you go. You have to follow that up. And very commonly, um, the best way to follow it up is to, use, to engage with a physiotherapist of some kind. And a lot of veterinary nurses now are taking a great deal of interest in, in, in learning more about physiotherapy. And doing active and passive um, uh, exercises, just like we do in humans. And so certainly I'd, I'd be talking to your vet about what sort of post-operative physiotherapy should be done on that dog. And it can include aspects like hydrotherapy. Hydrotherapy is a great way of getting a dog to use their limb again without putting, without bearing weight on it. Because they'll instinctively swim. Exactly, yes. We'll be moving house in a couple of weeks. Any tips on how do I move the cat? Do I literally just put him in his cat box and drop him into the new house? Do they usually settle in fine in new surroundings? Okay, well, I do two things there. First of all, well, three things, actually. First of all, make sure your cat's microchip, so if it does go missing, it'll be returned to you. Secondly, I would put a, 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 um, a tracker tag on your, on your cat's collar. That allows you to see exactly where your cat is all the time. Um, they're really effective now, these. Um, not very expensive, and they do a really good job of allowing you to at least to discover where she's gone. And the third thing is, keep her in for two weeks. Most cats... Um, 
during that time, they learn that their magnetic internal compass readjusts and they learn where the food is, they learn where they're sleeping, and then that is enough for them to stay at home. So two weeks being kept indoors with a litter tray is a rule of thumb. I have a two-year-old male cat who's neutered. The problem is he's shedding an enormous amount of hair. Is there anything I can do to stop it apart from brushing, which I am doing, but it doesn't seem to help? That's from Caroline. Well, mm, it's interesting... There's nothing you can do to stop shedding. I wish there was. That's probably the most common problem, which I can't solve, and it's difficult. Make sure the cat has a really good quality diet. You might want to give an essential fatty acid type supplement to make sure that the skin is supple and the coat's in a good condition as possible. Other than that, you could um, make sure the cat hasn't got a sore mouth. Sometimes, again, if cats have got sore teeth, and sore teeth are very common in cats, it can stop them from grooming themselves. And I think a lot of a lot of cats quietly get on with their own grooming and that's one of the reasons why they don't shed as much as dogs is because they look after their own fur um, so I would look into that if I was you mm-hmm. I'd also look at what sort of brushes you're using there's some really effective um, new types of brushes for example the Furminator which um, allows fur to be removed much more effectively than the old style